Welcome to Mint, the corner of where crypto meets the creator economy. My name is Adam Levy, and every Tuesday and Thursday, I'll be showing you how the creators of today are building the communities of tomorrow by harnessing the power of Web3. Before we kick off this episode, I wanted to recognize one of the NFT sponsors that's helping make Mint a reality. They are CyberConnect, a decentralized social graph protocol allowing users to own and control their social connections while providing a universal data layer backed by powerful social features to empower developers. Already with 150,000 users and 3 million connections, CyberConnect is the largest decentralized social graph supporting Ethereum, Binance Smart Chain, Near, and Solana with more coming soon. To learn more, visit cyberconnect.me and start connecting with everyone in Web3. This episode welcomes Will Collier, co-founder of Decent.xyz, one of the more innovative and experimental music NFT marketplaces that have been making quite the noise online lately. From fractionalizing royalties to optimizing artist liquidity through bonding curves, they're focused on helping artists capture more value from their careers. Will himself is an experienced entrepreneur whose origin starting a food nonprofit very much overlaps with his new mission to change the old systems in the music industry. I do no justice talking further, so let's dive right in. Will Collier, welcome to Mint, my friend. It's about time. Thank you for being on. Of course. Thank you for having me, man. I, uh, I'm stoked to be here. I'm stoked to have you. Decent has been making a lot of noise. We did, uh, what, season four was all about the music industry. Um, and then the recap article, I name dropped Decent because I was excited to have you guys a part of season five. Season five is here. Here you are. Uh, so let's just dive right in. Hell yeah. Who are you, Will? I always start with an intro. Who are you? What does the world need to know about you? Like, what, What's your background and how did you get your start into crypto? Yeah, so uh, I guess, hello world, I'm Will. Um, it's a pleasure <laughs> to be here. I... Uh, I got my start in crypto back in uh, 2017. Uh, a couple of my buddies from school actually introduced me to it during uh, that sort of, you know, 2017 bull run. Uh, it's, I mean, it's a crazy small world. I feel like when you when you get into uh, into the space, and so um, it turns out one of my good friends from school actually was an early member of the Uniswap team. And so, oh. uh, so he, he got a, a few of us into it back then. Um, you know, it wasn't something that I, I dove into as a, a builder or, um, I think got, you know, too deep into for, for a little bit after that, but, um, you know, thank God he, he, he introduced me to it then. And, uh, I guess my background, uh, I, I went to school at Brown university. I graduated a couple of years ago. That's actually where I met uh, you know two of my co-founders, uh, and my my love for music uh, starts far before then. But yeah. my journey into music uh, started freshman year. Okay. Uh, one, one of my co-founders, uh, Xander Carlson, he himself is a, a musician and artist. Um, when I first met him freshman year, he was just uh, it was actually pre his current. Uh, artist project. He was releasing from his distributor account. Sophomore year, he recorded his first album in our dorm. Um, he, he was still independent then, signed to a, uh, a, an independent label junior year. Mm -hmm. Senior year, he, he actually signed to Sony, Sony's Palm Tree Records. And so oh, cool. uh, he's, been, he's been touring now 
for uh, a, a while with, with Kygo. He just had his first headline tour. Um, he's one of my best friends in the world. And it's been, you know, an absolute blessing for, for me to have that, uh, you know, uh, experience right on the sidelines of his growth all the way through every level of this industry. And so that's been so special and, and something that's inspired me to, to, to get in and, and really want to work with him to change a lot of the inefficiencies and uh, some of the, I guess, the, the macro problems that mm-hmm. he has seen and experienced first person as, uh, as an artist in the industry. And so, so that has been really special to witness and now become a part of with him. So, so then he's had a big impact on, I guess, your journey into music in Web3, right? He's yeah. also Palm Tree, Palm Tree Crew is a big name in the space as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Brett Shear has been in, has been on the podcast season three. Um, big music NFT collector as well. Um, so it's interesting how small how small worlds are, worlds are. Also, I'm under the impression that we know similar people as well. So my my homie Bobby, who was in YC with you also, yeah. and AJ Eckstein, I guess who was with at at Accenture with you or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So two, also two yeah. great friends. Yeah, two That's great awesome. friends. So. Small world. So your love for music, okay? I guess a lot of your your path into wanting to work in the space stemmed from your friend, from what I understand. But the origin of where your love for music, like, kind of, where, where, where does it start? Like, are you a musician? <laughs> you play anything? So my my uh, my stint in music is okay. actually uh, it's uh, half, I guess, a little a little embarrassing. A lot of people wouldn't guess, but. I, I started uh, as as many kids do. I played piano, you know. Okay, there it is. Um, but but then I in in middle school I joined the choir, and oh. in, uh, in high school I actually sang a cappella. And so wow. yeah, so something I I actually don't think I've talked about very much at all with people in the space. But um, I I love singing. I love uh, huh. the. Uh, I think music in general is is just so as as it is for everyone. It's just so um, I guess emotive and emotional, and uh, and so that side of music is 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 amazing. I love the way it makes me feel and the way that it makes others feel. But personally, I have never been creative creative enough to actually mm. write and create that music myself. And so, um, you know, kudos to to everyone that, that is able to because it's it's insane. So that was actually my next question. Like at, at some point, did you ever feel like <clears throat> you could do it professionally? No. Um, and why? You- <laughs> <laughs> I'll just <Okay>. end. <laughs> All right, solid. I, I, I've been playing the drums. Uh, I think if, if you're if like a frequent listener, you know I've been playing the drums. I talk about it a lot. Uh, but I've been playing ever since like five years old. Mm-hmm. And I never thought I could pursue professionally because there, I, I never thought there was money in it uh, for the most part. Despite all the idols that I've watched, like growing up, and despite how I, I, how good I thought I was, um, mm-hmm. or at least what people told me, I never felt like I could do it professionally because I could never could never make income from it, and that I'd always be competing with the gospel drummers and all the people that play like grew up playing in church their entire like I don't know I'm not gonna get too into it, but well, mu- music NFTs are like the 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 kind of like the aha moment for me like shit I'm an idiot like I should have maybe pursued music. Yeah. And it's jumped into this space. <laughs> I think one of I, some something that uh, you know I haven't put much thought to in the past, but from what you just said, uh, being someone that was, I guess, uh, performing or or being uh, you know mm-hmm. 
being a part of music groups, you know, uh, casually as a kid, um, I never had that that thought like you asked if I could do it professionally or make a career out of it. So I guess I never uh, at that age thought too hard into, well, if I wanted to, how would I? But truly, I think uh, something to, to what you said, uh, as as a, a, an aspiring musician, as someone that's younger, um, knowing where to start and knowing, OK, I have um, I have my music, I have mm maybe uh some smattering of people that think i can make it some smattering of people that believe in what i do um or i you know through the internet have uh, built a small following maybe have gone viral um i guess there's there's no and and to this to this day there's no real equation or there's no uh one path as to how to get started in music and i think that is something where um for example i mean just a sort of comparison to uh if you leave college and you want to go you know work in finance or you want to go uh do a, a job path that is is pretty marked yeah. out um i think that's a lot less less daunting um than going and saying well i'm going to be a musician where do i start right yeah. and there's uh i think that like you said, music NFTs, uh, being able to uh, rally together with a community, with a small group of people that believe in what you do, and then use that uh, that small network and slowly grow and build that together and, and work with this, uh, this team or community around you. Um, our, you know, one of our main goals, our, our mission with Decent is how do you accelerate and, and actually um, make it easier for uh, anybody that's looking to grow an audience, grow yeah. a reach to actually uh, do that uh, through these interactions, through these engagements and by leveraging today um, social networks and digital right. digital opportunities that um, have made it so easy, uh, yet also so hard to uh, to get access to, you know, these audiences and, and this, this broader um, sort of success in music, right? Yeah, yeah. So speaking of Decent, how did that come about? Well, every every project has a really interesting, like, origin story. I know uh, you guys are a few co-founders. You guys went through Y Combinator. Yeah. Um, you guys recently finished Y Combinator, so congrats on that. Thank um, you. And I'm curious, like, how did you guys like all come together and say, okay, we need to build this new vehicle for the music industry and mm -hmm. we need to do it in a way where we envision a completely different vision. Because if you go on decent, you, you, re you see that you guys are actually up to something completely different, um, which is, it's cool to see, which we'll talk about more, but I guess before we even get into that, what is the origin story? How did decent get started? Yeah. So, so like I said, um, you know, that, uh, that I guess problem statement of, artists uh, not necessarily capturing the value that that they should or could be um, seeing the different inequities and in deal structures throughout the industry that all really you know stemmed from that experience uh, of, of Xander's but also you know from what I had seen on the sidelines um, and so we had started talking about how uh, nfts and the, and the blockchain could, could play into um, being a part of that solution in early 2021. And we actually were lucky enough to, uh, the, the team really came together in, in the late summer, sort of early fall, uh, all four of us uh, 
Will, Charlie, uh, Xander, and, and myself, we came together. Um, Charlie got introduced through a mutual friend to to me and Xander, who had had been ideating around, uh, you know, the the nascent idea of decent for a few months. had had done a bunch of artist interviews, and uh, and you know, unbeknownst to us, Charlie had actually been building. Uh, a, a very similar uh, platform or, you know, his, his mission, his vision was the same as what we were doing. And so um, we got introduced through someone that, that knew what each of us were working on said, Hey, I think you're, you're doing something very similar. And um, it was incredible. I mean, we, we actually all sort of clicked immediately. It was, it was what was, what was really cool. And I think actually um, almost a metaphor for uh, what we have continued to build in our building today is um, Charlie had come to the uh, same conclusions about the different inequities and uh, what artists were facing, but from a very analytical perspective. His background, um, he went to Princeton, studied uh, behavioral economics there, um, actually in college wrote a few papers about Bitcoin and, uh, and, and the dynamics um, within those markets. And he was working in investment banking, but actually on the uh, in the music industry, in the music sector. So covering uh, M&A and, and different deals between independent music technology companies. And so having to do deep dives into them and figure out, um, you know, what are these companies and, and how are they uh, plugging into this independent artist journey? And so uh, all the conclusions and what he was building, um, which was very uh on on point aligned with what what xander and i had been thinking was from this extremely analytical and and, and uh sort of economic model based uh approach whereas you know our approach thus far what we had been uh really building for was also you know completely artist interview and and qualitatively driven and so by combining both of those things and, and figuring out what is the the best way to uh, use some of these these economic models to uh, really optimize value opportunities for artists, while also making sure that the 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 way that we come to those uh, conclusions is uh, figure out and talk to artists, figure out what is needed, what is uh, what would be used, and then uh, ultimately the how of how did we then build the best opportunity to to capture that. Um, we, we came together and it, it, it all, it all just clicked. And so, um, that, that's sort of the initial origin there. Uh, but we, we really, um, I, I guess I would say the, the true, um, the true beginning really was sort of that, that beta release we did in December and then ultimately mm -hmm. how that played into, you know, the, the, the sprinting growth that we've been journey we've been on the last four or five months so since december the music nft space has kind of like has gone crazy quite berserk actually um artists are getting liberated left and right uh, uh new works new new types of genres are appearing from like auto-generative music that i've never really heard before it's all yeah. these really cool things that artists are getting creative about uh to these new economic models which is something that's also unique to decent and we've seen like an insane like rise an insane rise and a lot of that was covered during season four and why i'm continuing it on to season five i want to understand will but from your point of view like how do you see the current state of music nfts yeah i think music nfts is a very broad term right, right? And, and and i think everyone acknowledges that the 
in in terms of music NFT uh, releases and 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 uh, platforms and different opportunities, there is uh, in in our eyes, I think a little bit of a, a stagnation in in sort of the 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 movement of how things are happening and 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 the way releases are are um, being marketed and occurring, uh, even though it's you know just this first year of uh, of music NFTs, it does feel like um, still to this day the most prevalent, most leaned upon opportunities are you know limited editions or one of one, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there's still uh, either platforms or sort of central entities that are setting fixed prices, and there's uh, you know limited quantities in certain ways, and I think um, it's you know, obviously there's, there's a lot that goes into, uh, innovating and moving past and, and building on top of these things. But, uh, I think one of the, the core theses of, of how we've been approaching it at decent is, um, the only way that we're going to continue to figure out, um, what the true product market fit of music NFTs as a, as an industry or music NFTs as a disruptor or an augmentation to web two music is by just trying new things and, and, and ultimately saying, okay, what did we learn from this last one? Uh, what was good? What was bad? How do we then, uh, keep the good while finding new ways to uh, sort of cut out those, those, those negative externalities in certain ways. So how do we ensure that like collecting music NFTs doesn't just become a fad and becomes a part of culture? It becomes yeah. a part of like an, an innate action that fans need to do to support an artist. Like how do we ingrain that into society? And do we need to? Yes. I think the the answer to do we need to is is yes. I uh, okay. I think actually uh in in a lot of ways I think what what we've seen is um, web three, you know, maybe it's not going to be a hundred percent of fans, a hundred percent of collectors that are engaging in these new ways, engaging at these higher levels. Um, I think the, the, the amazing part about web three is from what we've seen, uh, you don't need a, a million, two million, uh, true fans. You don't need more than maybe even 25 or 50 so far. Uh, but if you're able to, uh, I guess, have that, that true fan community, you can then, uh, you know, work together with it, leverage it in certain ways that can ultimately lead to, 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 to greater growth. I think, um, sustainability is, is, is the most important, uh, most important part of making sure that, and scalability, that, that this is something that sticks around and, Ultimately, that's where with Decent, we really are, are trying to look at, uh, you know, what is the relationship? What is the artist getting out of the relationship? But what also is is the the fan getting out of it, the collector, right? The um, A marketplace or a, a transaction or a relationship, you know, everything has two sides. And I think there's a lot of questions around, um how uh and and but also i think the biggest question we need to answer for music nfts is why right um in terms of uh why on the blockchain why music nfts um 
why why not you know just continue the the sort of web two way of of, of music uh ultimately if it's very patronage based um collection based that doesn't necessarily to me feel sustainable or like there's long-term uh you know vision associated or long-term uh scalability uh the why i think with music nfts is is like how are we using uh these new engagement methods between artists and their fans artists and their collectors how are these new communities and uh groups that are all you know aligned on certain actions that are uh, aligned on value creation and ultimately able to you know have this incentive alignment such that uh by creating the community through music nfts by engaging at this this next level we we like to say uh, you know a decent we're building this the next level beyond patronage that post patronage relationship um the why of how that then allows independent artists artists of all kinds to uh to grow and accelerate their growth and actually grow their their total fan base i mean if you look at sort of streaming fan base versus web three fan base mm -hmm. right now it's it's truly bifurcated in a lot of ways but how does web three integrate and and augment the the total success of an artist not just um web three or web two but but both together that bridge that i think a lot of times is uh is debated whether it's a bridge approach or a break approach yeah so thinking about like the why again okay um what what is the why right now for fans like why why should fans be collecting these these music nfts right whether it's a patronage based music nft whether there's ownership attached to it and ownership again that's another question i have for you is like what is ownership in, in yeah. web3 right which we can get into later but totally. first point is like why <clears throat> why collect even like why why collect an audio file right yeah. i think ultimately it, it depends on the fan right it depends on uh the collector and what they're uh what they're optimizing for what they are really excited about and in a lot of cases so far um we've seen across platforms across the the music nft space as a whole a lot of people are excited by being able to support and discover these these new artists that they that they haven't before been able to find a lot of it is relatively patronage based um i think the just acknowledging the crypto or nft space as a whole a lot of the uh, hype and the current or the the previous market conditions i guess this week has been uh you know uh, a, a a new a new story but the the hype of the the first few months of 2022 um there was a lot of uh speculation and, and flipping and and growth of, of secondary markets and i think actually so far those secondary markets may not be uh entirely based on that same support and patronage but it does seem like that a lot of that was sort of financially based um but i think that ultimately the the why for uh, a sustainable long-term uh, opportunity needs to to really be more about what is the the the, the collector the fan getting out of the relationship getting out of the experience as well um, I think the question around utility is 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 a is a big question that that relates to the why right um, 
is this relationship uh is it the being close to the artist is it that they are uh then in a community or in a ch chat or or engaged uh with 40 50 however many other people that have similar passions similar interests is it uh, the opportunity to to earn on this this early support, early notion that this artist is going to be big? Um, and I think the the sustainable long term answer is it needs to be a, a combination of it all, and there needs mm -hmm. to be uh, the ability for someone to participate, uh, give early support, feel like they are winning as well you know create wins for not just the artists right artists winning in terms of getting uh these new new communities these new resources the the upfront capital all that but also uh for the fans you know the the what's in it for me is is i think the most important the most important opportunity for sustainability yeah so given the current market conditions because you brought that up like is the why affected like does does that change like does the does the relationship between the artist and the fan uh, differ now that marketing conditions are have tanked, <laughs> and we've seen I, absolutely like a like a, a destruction of everything <laughs> that's been that's like that's been happening. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I don't think the why changes. I think the okay. why becomes all that more more all that uh, more important. The okay. the why I think is uh, during a during a a, a, a a bull cycle during a hype cycle. Um, Sometimes that that why can be uh, a little obfuscated or, or yeah, it could become gray. It could yeah. become gray when shit is down. Yeah, and and so so ultimately um, the why is I think going to be what makes it such that even in a bear market there are buyers and there is demand and there is this sustainable relationship that is not solely uh, based on if I can uh, speculatively flip something or there's going to be, um, you know, I guess liquidity through a secondary market or external buyers. But, um, you know, certain things that we've explored with with decent are is the idea of assurances and the idea of liquidity and how yeah. uh, even with NFTs, which uh, at a macro level across, you know, all verticals within the NFT industry there's not a ton of automated liquidity or or immediate liquidity for nfts um i think the the big question that, that we look to answer is um what is what is that assurance or what is the uh sort of risk level for uh people entering and outside of the 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 bull markets um in the long run what are the next you know million 10 million people gonna need to be able to participate in these in these relationships in this you know yeah. game and 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 an opportunity with the artist and so um, you know that that you know last year or so the the sort of early crypto adopters I think in in the space as a whole there's a lot of or there was a lot of you know irrational spending behavior because it, it's the hype cycle and there's there's so much. Uh, value that's been created over the last few years but if you're looking at now we're trying to get you know mainstream adoption or, or, or the next the next wave of demand into the space um that next that next uh profile of person is going to be a lot more of a uh rational sort of reserved consumer behavior mm -hmm.
What's up guys, Adam Levy here. Sorry for the quick pause, but I wanted to give some love to one of our NFT sponsors who's been helping make this season a reality. They go by Coinvise, and on Coinvise, you can create a personal or community-owned social token on Ethereum or Polygon. Coinvise also helps you create incentives through token rewards and bounties, NFT business models, and bot integrations for Discord. Discover more by visiting coinvise.co today. All right, back to the episode. Can you help me build a profile around what a Web2 fan looks like and how does it differ from a Web3 fan? Because it's super important uh, in understanding this whole entire concept of what a music NFT is, where this excitement is coming from, who's buying into this, what it means to them as a fan. And I think it's super important because a a lot of collectors are obviously listeners but not every listener is a collector, right? And understanding the differences between what causes someone to actually collect versus just simply listen, right? I think yeah. there's similar. I think there's similarities. Like if an artist ends up opening like an OnlyFans or Patreon or Patreon um, or some other type of like a like subscription based platform to yeah. support them and their content beyond what's publicly available, I think it's like the the person who subscribes to that is very similar into the category of who would fit into someone who may buy. Uh, music NFT, maybe not at the price points that we're seeing right now, right. like $300, but at like a $20 price point, $15 price point, maybe someone who goes to a concert and buys merch or buys the cups or buys all these things, they yeah. would fall under that category. But from your point of view, because a lot of the, the ethos behind Decent is bridging the gap between the artist and the fan in a much more intimate setting, right? Mm-hmm. So how do you understand the difference between a Web 2 fan and a Web 3 fan? Yeah, I, I think the uh, sort of the one of the core differences is uh, that mindset of the relationship between the artist and the fan. Um, so far to the, to this day, it's been very one sided. Right. And I think through the, the distribution and the way that platforms work, even for artists, it's a it's a very uh, opaque relationship. And, and that's something I think that has just kind of been accepted. You know, celebrity has been created. The idea of, um, you know, a person being a celebrity has been created because there's sort of a mystique around the fact that, uh, you know, they're they're being observed, listened, uh, loved by, you know, millions of people across the world, but they don't, they, they're sort of at this higher level, right? Uh, you know, artists have been and 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 different you know actors, whoever have been uh, put on this pedestal. But I think um, Web three, it does seem like the mindset um, shifts a little bit towards, oh well, um, I I love what this person is doing. Maybe there's actually a way that I can be a part of that. That I can um, that I can you know get in and and be a part of the journey, help accelerate what they're doing, um, be a mouthpiece for 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 them as a as as a as a person, as a brand, as a uh, as an artist um, as well. Uh, the the Web two fan I think is has also that 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 mindset that um, in a lot of ways uh, the access to music and uh, music itself is something that is is accepted as as a um almost a, a given at this point you know streaming and 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 uh the democratization of distribution and, and and audiences through you know dsps and and other 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 platforms uh the access to music is is an inherent right in a lot of ways uh but that uh 
I guess the ways that people then decide to spend their money on, you know, on the art, on artists is in that, that sort of merch opportunity. Um, but in sort of the, the web three mindset, I think uh, really instead of it being um, the artist and the fan in a transactional relationship where uh, the mindset is, well, what can I give to this artist? What can I do to show my support in terms of uh, just a transaction? It's now, well, I have a lot that I can offer in a more active way. Um, how do I uh, participate and, and support and, and, and help them grow, but also retain um, sort of, I guess, in, in this case, my piece of, of 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 that because fans are really and and with artists are a part of that um you know fans are the the reason the the sort of uh momentum driver of of artist success and so um capturing sort of your small piece of this uh culture this uh movement that you've helped create and support and love and put yourself into um, now it's not just a, a, a one person uh, at, the, at the head of it, but now surrounded by and, and uh, appreciated and uh, participated within, um, you know, a, a ton of different fans all, all, all working together would be the, the sort of mindset step, if that makes yeah. sense. So where, where does decent come into play now? Like how does decent focus on strengthenizing, strengthenizing? I don't even think that's a word. <laughs> uh, uh, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Strengthening. Um, strengthening, strengthenizing. I'm going to, I'm going to start using that. I'm going to make I that like, word. I think strengthenizing works better in that. Regard. That is a, right? Strengthenizing. That's not a word. You guys will let me know if it's a word or not. Uh, <laughs> strengthening. <laughs> um, what is decent doing to kind of strengthen the gap between the artist and the fan? And I yeah. guess that also goes into like a lot of what makes you guys unique through this bonding curve model that you guys yeah. kind of went forward with. Can you talk to me more about that? Yeah. Um, ultimately, the, the the big vision for uh, the why, right? I come coming back to that why. Uh, right. The whole point is to be creating more value for um, creating opportunities, tools, relationships. To, to better and accelerate artist careers. And where music NFTs stand today, uh, a lot of emphasis, a lot of the focus, it all comes around a mint and mm -hmm. a, 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 in sort of a split second or a period of time that's, that's relatively short in which a lot of this value is captured, in which a lot of this hype uh, and, and, and marketing happens. And then uh, post-mint, which is when I think the work truly begins and where the, the needle can really be moved is, uh, is actually, I think it's been uh, under, uh, under scrutinized or, or uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of gaps to be filled there. And so with the crescendo, our, our bonding curve mechanism, with that dynamic pricing model, the, the fact that, uh, you know, it's it's community and, and network value that is also, you know, a part of that equation where, uh, you know, the more people that, that participate and, 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 and uh, enter over time, there's uh, a, a correlation between then the the price of the NFT as well as the uh, the returns to the community members as well. Um, 
the idea is to, to really optimize and set the rails for that post-mint relationship, because that is where we see the most important, um, the, I guess, the most important uh, period uh, for artists and their collectors and their fans. And even today, I think the word community gets thrown around a ton. Uh, the idea of, um, of an active relationship of, uh, you know, what can, or I guess the question is a lot of times, what can the artist do to keep entertaining and, and giving utility to the, the collectors. But I think that mindset again, of it being an, you know, a burden on the artist to give or or uh, uh, be making that utility or or creating those opportunities themselves. I think that is uh, a little misguided as well. But ultimately, how do the rails right? How does setting the ability for those active relationships to be incentivized be um, you know made into a a a true opportunity for each individual within that artist community to uh, share things with their networks, to spread the reach, to feel like they are, um, you know, actually making relationships with the other people uh, that are also supporting the artist with the artist themselves. That post-mint relationship is where the needle gets moved for independent and, and, and emerging artists, especially um, being able to, to use that, uh, that team around them. Um, and that's something that we think is, uh, is deserving of a lot more focus than, than not, you know, just that, that initial mint. Uh, and so with the bonding curves, with the, the NFT staking to earn social tokens and, and ultimately, uh, you know, in, in engage to earn NFTs, which we, which we did with, with, with Marty Grimes, um, and, and are going to continue to, to, to roll out a, a few things along, along those lines. Uh, it's, it's, I think for us, it's all about setting the rails for those relationships to happen, not necessarily giving exact instructions or being overbearing about mm -hmm. how that then takes form, but making room for and creating the space for these uh, artists and fans to continue to align and work together and um, create value jointly, not uh, extract value from each other, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I guess like more into your like your unique stack as to what you're offering for artists that kind of makes you guys different from the crowd. I'd love to talk more about like the stake to earn right models yeah. and a lot of these like DeFi primitive esque models that you guys have in place um, that introduce, I guess, more liquidity right? For, for artists and for mm -hmm. fans. And I guess what that means, like big picture. Yeah. Um, really the, I think the opportunity to, uh, have something, you know, NFTs are really a reputation layer, right? NFTs themselves, the, the visual component, the, um, I guess more tangible, <clears throat> excuse me, the more tangible, uh, the more tangible sort of asset, the the fact that it is something that um, has some sort of inherent uh, mm -hmm. scarcity in, in what it is, that is uh, a, a big part of the um, sort of social side, the, uh, in, a, in a lot of ways, sort of the clout side of, of, of the why in, in music NFTs. Uh, a lot of people have talked about um, the 
the fact that discovering music early now, if you do that, you can, you know, you can truly prove it on the blockchain, have that, that uh, NFT or, or uh, asset that you can display and, and, and uh, hang your hat on. Um, but the, uh, the DeFi mechanics, I think, are, are something that um, is really exciting for how uh, value can be elevated and created, um, not just for the artists, but also for, for the, the fans and creators as well, where um, the, I think I said this earlier, we just want to find the best way um, for these digital models, these these uh, these rails to be set, so that relationships can happen um, and and respond to real world artist problems, right? So, for example, um, when we first uh, introduced Crescendo, the bonding curve mechanism, one of the reasons that we did that was we were seeing that okay, there's a stigma that's been created. There's uh, right now it seems like the market is 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 trending such that metrics metrics of success in music nfts are a sellout and how quickly did you sell out and uh if you don't sell out it almost is, is sort of like whoa what's going on it, it's it's a little bit it felt like for a while there it almost exactly yeah failure so true yeah very and, true and so well as an artist you uh it's it's sort of counterintuitive to to want to cap the amount of people that can support you, that can join your community, that can become this uh, this 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 movement behind you. Um, yet, when you have something like a limited edition that doesn't necessarily have a fundamental value or an attachment to uh, revenue or a a stream of of of, of you know quote unquote value, um, then that initial scare, that scarcity, I guess, becomes sort of the the true. Um, uh value creator in that regard right but really why what is the the true irl logic of well if i want someone to be able to support me someone else has to leave my community or someone else right. has to stop supporting me and so with the crescendo model with the bonding curve uh mm. it, there's no hard scare hard cap hard uh cap on the amount but as the fan, as the price discoverer, you can see that, okay, right now the NFT, if I wanted to buy is 0.2 ETH. Well, I might not value joining the community, joining this artist's group, or uh, you know what I'm going to get out of the experience at 0.2 ETH, but someone else might. And so it's it's allowing the market and the demand of, of the entirety of, of the market to dictate uh, that, that true... Um, I guess, scarcity cap or level. Um, and, and similarly with the NFT staking uh, and, and also the bonding curve model, that liquidity, um, I think I mentioned earlier assurances, really, you know, how do uh, fans feel like they're going to be able to, um, you know, be, get in, get out in ways that they want to um, sort of, in a way, cash in on the value that they've created together with the artist yeah. um, and, and, and realize that opportunity. Um, and, and so there, there are, you know, certain, certain ways that they can do that with the, uh, the automated liquidity within Crescendo, as well as, you know, those, those social tokens and, uh, ERC 20s that are just a, an inherently more liquid, um, you know, piece as, as right. well with the, with the staking. 
I guess I never thought about it like that. Like the the end goal is to grow your community, and when you do like capped editions like that, then someone does need to leave for someone to enter. Yeah. And I guess it's like it's like counterintuitive for the most part because if you think about like what's happening in Web three, I ask this question a lot: like, should should artists choose virality on Web two or a niche group of collectors in Web three? And you think about it: like, why should they have to? I guess compromise, right? Yeah. Why can't you? Why can't you build a big grandiose audience in Web three? Uh, while also having your virality, but do it in a way where, yeah, that's a good point, I guess. Like having someone leave in order for someone to come in. And I never thought about it like that, I guess. Well, I never thought and, about it like that. And I think it, it also it then begs the question of, well, what are you optimizing for? Because right. I think with scarcity and limited editions and uh, saying, oh, well, because there's uh, not that inherent or fundamental value here, um, the scarcity is what is providing that value. And so having that dictated scarcity is a way to sort of uh, assure or, or signal to the collector that um, it's going to potentially go up in value or that there's some way that it can go up in value because, you know, to buy, someone has to buy it from you. Um, but if what, what Decent is, is optimizing for, what we are... Uh, you know, focused on our vision is um, creating these these communities, these individual, you know, every artist is independent and they have their group around them, rallying around them. But through uh, the the greater decent and music NFT ecosystem, um, the network effects of being within uh, decent's platform, within being within with being within, uh, you know, these these protocols such that uh, I can you know, click on someone else's uh, profile or wallet and see what artists they've been uh, collecting and, and discovering. And um, in in a lot of ways, wanting those communities to keep growing and flourishing and not have that, that uh, necessity for immediate scarcity that uh, is a value driver. Um, we really are looking at, with all of our experiments, uh, what is the the real life action that we want to uh, create room for or incentivize and then build the models that will uh, allow that to happen uh, in these relationships uh, within the, the this Web3 ecosystem? Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. I also want to talk to you about, Will, like how do you think about price psychology for, for NFTs? Like when should one be priced at $5? When should one be priced at I don't know, $300, $4,000, 20 cents. Like, like I know a lot of it is just throwing shit at the fan right now. But yeah. if you think about scalability and you think about onboarding the next 100,000, a million, like 10 million, right? And, you, and you, we try to think about it at the scale of the amount of listeners that, that kind of like are, are consuming music today. How can we convert more of those into collectors? And what does that mean? Is that the goal? Like, how do we do that? Because I can tell you right now, and I think everybody knows this, or you and I know this at least, we're not going to get a million collectors in the space buying $300 worth uh, music NFTs, right? So yeah. when you think about designing a platform, when you think about designing experience, how do you think about the psychology around pricing these assets um, without devaluing them, without letting the artists feel like what their art is worth is not like too little, let alone too much, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, so I think really where uh, it becomes interesting or it becomes in, in the web three native mindset um price curation um 
everything becomes decentralized, right? Every the the, the point of uh, of starting to uh, look at it as this network or uh, you know a, a protocol where um, you know anyone can plug in, right? And 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 that's one thing that we are really looking at is how at at scale. I mean, if you think about decentralization at scale, um, how does decent look more like a protocol rather than a platform, right? Where anyone can plug in. You as an artist. Uh, can can plug in with with your music with your fans uh, and and start to build and create and flourish within our ecosystem within the greater music ecosystem as a whole. Um, so so sorry in that in that nature of decentralization for both the the price and, and curation, I think it right. becomes a, a a question of what does the artist want to set that initial price at, or what do they think? Um, you know, looking at the, the the data of who has bought from them in the past, what they've been able to sell in the past, almost uh, also being able to look at what comparable uh, sort of artists or communities have have had for pricing. Um, you know, it, so far for us, we've we've actually you know been working with the artists on deciding pricing, deciding you know for a while it was, you know, addition numbers, all that. And so it has been uh, a burden in, in a way on the artists, on the, on the platform to decide that, but to find the, the scalable opportunity, I think it becomes a, a, a market question of what really does the, like if, if you put something out at 0.1 ETH and no one buys it, well, that'll tell you that you need to lower that initial price. Right. Um, if you put something out at, uh, at point, zero four ETH and uh, and there's a ton of market demand. Well, with this dynamic pricing mechanism with 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 crescendo and um, and sort of putting that price discovery on the fans, on the collectors, then uh, well, maybe those first few went for a, a, a lower price, but you're you're actually uh, optimizing in a way the that true value capture where well, um, for example, with Amanda Francis, you know, that first bonding bonding right. did she uh, she ended up selling within that that first day or so. I think it was, you know, 34, 35 NFTs and the price started at 0.05 ETH and went all the way up to uh, I'd have to check it what it is now. But uh, in that in those those 35 uh, purchases, she uh, or she was then able to bring in something like 3.84 ETH of of value there. Wow. Where if she had just put out, you know, the standard sort of 20, 25, 30 at 0.1, um, we aren't necessarily sure that uh, that one. It, you know, there's there's no there's no telling whether or not it would sell out immediately. Um, right. Or sell out in a way where then. Uh, there is opportunity for secondary market action, um, but also even if it did, it would have left a, a whole 0.8 to 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 one ETH right. on the table. Where um, where with allowing that market, you know, the, the the fans to decide, there's that that added value of being able to to not just you know get the 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 lowest uh, sort of price uh, price point, but also up to the highest of what anyone you know anyone out there is willing to pay for it hmm yeah i guess i guess that's an that that is um yeah we, we haven't seen like we, we've seen bonding curves right like it's a thing it's it's happened before 
I guess the most, uh, the, the, the first example that comes to mind is what is that one that OG, OG music project, um, Euler beats, I think you, you, Euler, yeah. yeah. Euler beats. Like they introduced the bonding curve, I, I think early on to buying uh, these like generative pieces. That was, uh, Ujo, I believe. Ujo, it, yeah. Ujo, uh, you know, Jack, I believe was it Jack? It was Jack's blown. Was it Jesse Grushak? Um, mm-hmm. uh, and then, uh, Simon, uh, day, I don't want to mess De La Rubier. Um, they, I think they were the, the first ones way back mm. when, maybe 2017, 2018 to do bonding curves. Got it. Um, and actually claim to fame, Simon, who I think is sort of touted as the in- inventor, the creator of this bonding curve model. Um, Amanda Francis, when we did our drop with her, she actually, she made this incredible video um, that was explaining uh, how it all worked, why it was being used. And, uh, and he actually retweeted and shared it and said, you know, mm-hmm. later I'm still finding out new and better ways to be explaining my bonding curve model. So that was that was something you know. Props to her. That's she, cool. Been, yeah. awesome, Listen, I think I think it's it's incredibly innovative what you guys are doing. Uh, I'm excited to see it kind of come to fruition and see this thing scale uh, to more and more and more artists. Uh, you guys, out of all the platforms that I'm seeing, everybody's doing incredible things. But I think like, I think decent is the one that's like introducing new thoughts into my mind for the most part uh, as to how artists could be issuing their mints and what that means to kind of growing a community, let Mm -hmm. alone leveraging their existing assets to build a community. Most recently that comes to mind is someone like Harrison first uh, using his social token as a way to kind of introduce new value and new incentives for collectors who decide to stake his NFTs. Like we didn't even get to talk about that, but we have an episode with Harrison coming up shortly um, that that we're going to be talking about the drop and everything Um, because it's something that I've been talking about on mint uh, for a while. Like where does DeFi meet the creator economy, let alone music. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think these primitives that you guys are introducing is the foundation for a lot of what's, what's going to come um, and is the right level of experimentation for us to kind of like see this stuff play out in real time. So I I'm applauding you. I'm applauding the team. Uh, I guess before I let you go, final question, like what can we expect from decent, in the next few months yeah i uh, i think same as you you've seen for the last few months we uh we're going to continue to uh to to experiment and really um i think the the next step one thing that we're really excited about is we've now you know with crescendo with the nft staking with uh the engaged to earn nfts you know ev- everything that we've done to date um it's been a lot of uh, I think the one piece of feedback that we've been really critical on ourselves about, but also have heard from some people is, um, you know, how how does it all tie together, right? How are you going to tie it all together? And so um, we're excited to uh, release a few, uh, you know, blogs, uh, white papers, actually start showing how these different sort of one-off um, opportunities that we've introduced uh, are all going to tie together into a greater model, into our our sort of uh, next next step of of, of the decent product. Uh, and with that will come obviously more experimentation. We won't lose that that fire. Um, but we are excited to start to uh, release more analysis and learnings, and say this is what worked, this is what has not, and uh, and really uh, involve the uh, continue to involve the the greater you know artist and and music nft community and helping us find that that true model that is going to um 
to create that 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 best relationship between between uh, fans and artists. And so I think um, in terms of innovation, it'll be uh, you know even this 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 week and in the next couple of weeks we have a couple more um, sort of V two of, of crescendo cool. on its way. Um, but also uh, looking at in general starting to take the different experiments and and pull them together, tie them to gr together in a way that is um, you know going instead of from one plus one equals two, but you know one plus one is now going to equal four in, in, a, in a lot of ways. Oof, I like that. <laughs> will will <laughs> where will where can we find you? Where can we find decent online? Where where can yeah. we stay in touch? Um, so decent, uh, decent.xyz, uh, flows right off the tongue. Um, nice. decent.xyz, uh, you can find us on Twitter at decentxyz. Uh, I, uh, on Twitter, I'm at uh, wdcollier underscore. Um, I, uh, am actively trying to grow my Twitter presence. Uh, it's, it's, nice. real, it's real big goal for me. Yeah. It, is, it is tough. You know, the craziest thing is I never thought in a million years that, um, I would get, you know, just going and, and trying to, you know, it's like, oh, it's a tweet. It's, you know, a sentence. It's two sentences. It's like, well, it really matters. And so I feel yeah. like the most, <laughs> the most, uh, the most uh, you know, trouble that I have is like, okay, well, what do I write? You know what I mean? Like what yeah. I, I try to tweet more and more and it's like, well, who, who cares about Will Collier? Who cares about <laughs> what I'm thinking? You know what I mean? So, uh, so that, that, I, saw, I saw a recent tweet recently, um, a recent tweet recently. That's another good one. Strengthenizing and a recent tweet recently. Um, <laughs> that, that basically it, it, it said that tweet the way you DM people and you'll find or tweet the way you DM and you'll find your people. Hmm. Um, and I really like that because it allows you it, like it reduces the pressure as to what you what you kind of put online. Even when I'm preparing my tweet storms for introducing the season, yeah. I reread it and reread it and reread it and double check it and put it through Grammarly and make sure nothing's wrong. <laughs> Are the links there? Like everything. Right. Mm -hmm. So whatever. It's part of it. Will, yeah. this, this has been great. Uh, we should definitely do this again that. soon. Thank you for being on. And uh you got yeah, everyone. It. We uh we look forward to seeing you uh on 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 decent soon. Uh, I uh, you know we have our DMs open um on the decent Twitter. My DMs are open. Uh, we are always looking for feedback. I think that is uh the number one thing that comes with experimentation is you have to be open to and and we are excited about you know criticism as well as 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 positive feedback because that mm -hmm. is uh, I think one of the the most important things for this space is. Um, we all want to support each other. We all want to rally around each other and uh, and really be supportive of every project, of every person that's putting themselves out there and trying new things. Um, but constructive criticism is the only way to grow. So uh, I love it. yeah, thank you. Thank you again, Adam. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Of course. Congratulations on making it this far into the episode. You are a champ. And because of that, I want to say thank you by giving you a free participation NFT. You can claim yours today by visiting adamlevy.io forward slash NFT. Follow the steps on your screen. You'll be good to go. Also, depending on which platform you're listening on, be sure to like, subscribe, comment, share, favorite, etc. It really helps grow the platform and our reach online. And last but not least, I want to give some love and recognize one of our NFT sponsors who's helping make this episode a reality. They are CyberConnect, a decentralized social graph protocol allowing users to own and control their social connections while providing a universal data layer backed by powerful social features to empower developers. 
Already, with 150,000 users and 3 million connections, CyberConnect is the largest decentralized social graph supporting Ethereum, Binance Smart Chain, Near, and Solana, with more coming soon. To learn more, visit cyberconnect.me and start connecting with everyone in Web3.